0: Well, uh, hello, universe. It is the 10th of June, and that makes it 18 days before my 54th birthday, and um, there are a few things you should know if you're listening to this. Number one, I guess I'm grateful because I now have enough download activity that makes me think some of you are listening to me regularly. Uh, That takes some endurance on your part, so well done. You have uh, a listening ear above most and patience above all. And uh, those aren't the only things you'll need to put up with listening to me because I swear a lot. I go off topic. I lose thoughts. uh, I'm constantly talking about myself, pretty much only myself. And um, I'm prone to fits of sobbing. Emotional outbursts. Um yeah. And uh my dog usually snores her way through these. It's my cat's sleeping at the moment. <clears throat> and um what else do you have to put up with? Oh, uh, bodily functions I'm sure. Just rude audio noises in general. Who knows? I'm not an audio engineer, I'm not coming to you from a studio, I'm coming from you. I'm coming from you, I'm coming on you. I'm coming to you, hmm, oh, comedy. I'm coming to you from a Samsung Galaxy S4, which in itself is comical. But yes, Samsung Galaxy S4, I use this little bifold case that I hang the case flap on my nightstand with two uh, dab containers, which right now are cherry root beer and Uh, What is that? That is Super Lemon Haze, and then uh, I hit record, and then I talk. And occasionally I do drugs um, while I'm talking to you, but usually I hit the pause button for that. But still, I'm smoking marijuana, well, (laughs) I am dabbing marijuana concentrate all day long, and that includes while I'm recording these. And, um, since I no longer have a job that doesn't include at work, which I wasn't at, well, I was using a vaporizer. That's a little different, but you know, um, and do I want to get stone cold sober again? Probably, but marijuana adds a lot to my life. It brings a level of creativity that, um, and connectivity that I don't think exists in my stone-cold, sober life. Now, having just detoxed this year, um, I do have some experience in being sober, and I'm not opposed to it, and I, I could see myself getting back to it. And if enforced, I'm all of a sudden a character on Lost Configuration, well, yeah, you adjust, right? Although, did they have weed on that island? They might have. Anyway, if life with weed is considerably more enhanced than life without it, in the ways that I like to enhance life, well, then I'm going to continue using it without pause or concern. This isn't to say I didn't have to go through the whole guilt, shame, and sense of self-worthlessness that comes with believing that you're a burnout stoner. But whatever. Life goes on. And in many ways, the way life has gone on for me has been to finally ascend to a position where I'm comfortable, I know I'm serving a purpose that is of great value to me, and seems to be a place where I can have the type of give and take that will end up justifying a life of purpose as I know it to be. And that is trying to, I don't know if make it as a stand-up comic is the appropriate terminology here, because... I would just enjoy never losing the enthusiasm I have right now to go on stage and try to make people laugh. I am not very successful at it yet, because I still haven't gotten over numerous things, nor am I capable of writing a structured joke of any value yet, though I continue to try. But in spite of these limitations as I've proven in now 332 episodes of It's All My Fault, well, I can talk about almost anything. So I'm using a lot of the free time I have right now to try to craft narrative or at least um, beats and rhythms inside of some of my own embarrassment stories to the point that I can... use that as on-stage material, or I'm trying to come up with things that I can use to refer back to the comedian, the aspiring comedian slash stand-up comic community itself, those who show up for these events, in a way that will give me um, some uh, witty uh, insight into the world that they're experiencing, like... Constantly getting up there and saying the same joke, but it failing in different ways or whatever that might be. Pause. Okay, but what I wanted to get down before, uh, and this is just, I'm going to get back to this because I'm having thoughts all over the board about what I've been through in the first real, let's call it, two weeks of experiencing open mic. And one, uh, how to construct a joke workshop. And that is that the whole role of a stand-up comedian is to go up and be funny right away. And the role of somebody who is insightfully funny in life is to get to know you enough to know what insight would bring comedy to your particular point of view of life. Sometimes this happens in minute one that you meet somebody. Sometimes it's years in the making to finally get to somebody's level of understanding and trust that you can, with care, make them laugh. Well, I can see why so many comics turn to the abrupt shock laugh or whatever laugh is available on the quick and easy. Because in some ways you want to define a baseline immediately that hey, there's some laughter to be had here, pay attention, don't lose me, follow me where I go, but you don't get to say those things right off the bat. People don't have time for that. They're looking at their phones already. So, uh, the way I deliver comedy does not have a place in today's stand-up comedy uh, nightclubs. So, I either need to adjust and find a way to deliver my comedy in more, uh, (laughs) more, concise terminology, looking for setup and delivery, uh, uh, joke, right routines, or I need to use the five minutes to make something compelling and, and on point enough that I'm not circuitously just talking about roommates, but talking about relationships, starting with roommates, then going to significant others, then talking about nuclear family, and then tying it all back together, how... Really, they're all the same thing. Can, with different levels of trust, say, given by you, but you end up in exactly the same position. How can a situation of living with somebody be any different than a situation with living with somebody? It's all living with somebody, but because we have it defined in certain ways and thus give away our trust in different elements, it becomes different uh, situations in our head altogether. But that's just the joke we're playing on ourselves. So. That, over the course of five minutes, could be really clever and instinctive, instinctive, insightful, whatever, enough that if you tied it all together, would make the five minutes worthwhile. But that is, I think, way more challenging than just coming up with five minutes of, you know, the reason that uh, I don't want to own a futon anymore is I just kept leaving dirty condoms in it. Okay. I mean, yeah, we get it, but it's not funner. Um So <clears throat> that is essentially the level of comedy that currently exists in open mic night um, failure. The clever comics are people who are being a lot more uh, adventurous in what their material is. But like I said, if you're going to talk about relationships, well, you better have something really clever to say immediately, or you better be able to tie it all together to something that we can all identify with. And that part I think I can do, but getting there in a routine form where I can execute it in front of a room full of people who don't know me, who are looking at me like, is this going to get anywhere? Is this going to get anywhere? This is fucking stupid. Uh, can be a lot more challenging than, uh, talking like this into a microphone while I'm cleaning my pipe. So, all right, I guess it's time for me to go do some, uh, Time for you to probably think, what am I doing with my life listening to this muck? And if you decide to tune into the next part, well, I'll have played tennis, I'll have paid my AT&T bill, and I'll have wondered, where am I going to get the money to pay my next AT&T bill? That is what's on deck. Pause. Okay, well, it's now 3.33 in the morning, and it's June 11th. I'm coming back at you from the old bedroom studio of the Galaxy S4 arrangement, as earlier described. Um, I have played tennis. I uh, I whooped my dad. Just playing the best tennis in my life by a lot, and uh, I can say the same thing about golf. These are two sports that I picked up when I was in single digits of years old. I believe I was eight when I started both. I know I started golf a little later than tennis, but um, maybe a year. And then I got golf clubs for my 10th birthday that were my very own. And I played with those until I was, I think, 12. And then the summer before high school, for my birthday, I got a set of Wilson Staffs. So that would have been 83, yeah, because they were 84 Wilson Staffs. Or were they the 80, oh, I don't remember now. Are they the 82s? They're the flat blade. Anyway, played those all through, well, until I quit golf in my 30s. So, um, <clears throat> to be playing the best golf in my life right now is a little unnerving, given that I've given how little practice I have given the game in the last 15 years. And honestly, uh... I just don't play anymore because it's too expensive. But having seen what happened to my tennis game, well, I decided to hit the practice range with my sand wedge and pitching wedge, and I was just lacing the green (laughs) with premium shots from 60, 80, 100, 26, you name it. Out of the rough, out of the trap, anywhere that I wanted to put the ball with a variety of about four clubs, well, I'd say eight out of ten shots were exactly where I wanted them, and the other two were results I could certainly live with. So, decided to uh, tee up one round of golf at the course that is, uh, well, I don't know if it's the easiest course in Denver, but it's close, and... Um, well, I didn't shoot under par. I carried a one-under all the way to the 16th hole after I'd gotten as low as three on the 7th hole. And on seven, I made a shocking birdie. I chipped in from, like, 40 feet. And it was an easy chip-in, but still, chipping in for birdie is shocking. Uh, so... That took me to three under after seven. And I'd had one bogey, so I'd also had an eagle. And then I had birdied the first hole. So, yeah, three under after seven, I finished plus one. But, I mean, I just, I don't think I had a bad tee shot all day. And the, the, the eagle was on a hole that's a little bit, should be a par four, should be a great par 4. Um, so I consider that a birdie. So really it's carded at 71, plays to 70. I think the slope on it is something like 67.8 or 68.2 or it ain't great. So shooting plus 1 is an accomplishment given how little golf I've played. But given that I know the course, it's a little tilted in my favor. And like I said, I'm recognizing song lyrics from songs that I've been listening to my whole life, newly, as if I'm hearing with different ears, I uh, I don't have explanations for what's happening to me that's making me a more effective person. Why I'm comfortable now in a role of helping others through whatever chaos they're experiencing as someone who is now settled, balanced, and tranquil to the point of confusion. I don't believe that this stability I've experienced recently has been due to a whole lot of my own Creation. But I also know I'm not just running through a string of good luck. So, why did my life change so markedly for the better? Why did I become so much better of a person? I don't know. Maybe I've been possessed by an angel. That's possible. But, I do think I've come up with my five-minute set for the the workshop joke, uh, crafted joke workshop. And being that this is my 332nd episode, I think what I wanted to do for my 333rd episode is not going to come through. And my 333rd episode means a lot to me. It's way more important than anything else coming up in the queue. Well, 369 is another episode that means a lot to me. But between those two... There's nothing until four 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 that comes close and four 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 doesn't ring true four twenty will be a stupid episode I mean there's some fun in the four hundreds um there's four oh four uh there's uh yeah there's a couple in there that are fun there's a fun run in the fives too but none of those numbers I don't think mean as much to me as three 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 and three six nine so uh, I'm a little irritated that I didn't take more time to make sure that I could get the 333 episode idea in check that I wanted. So that will have to move to 369. Which means I think my 333 episode should be a recording of me doing a stand up set at an open mic event either Monday night, Tuesday night, or Wednesday night. And I may cherry pick and record two or three and only upload the best one, or I might record two or three and make that the episode, but I want to have some level of where I started, and obviously this would pay direct uh, uh, homage to that initiative, and I think document it in a way that um, would make my 333rd episode perhaps as meaningful as I wanted it to be the first time around with my idea that will now just get delayed for another 36 episodes. Um, And in doing so, I am not sure if I have the same set to go for all three, um, or if I should do three different set, five-minute sort of uh, material breaks, and then... Whichever one is the best, take that to the workshop. I do not know. Or maybe it'll morph two or three times. But that's my current idea for the 333rd episode. Now, what's my current idea for opening a set that uh, will, I hope, land well? Well, how's this? Um, hello, hello, thanks for having me up. Um, It's much appreciated that you would consider a stage like this for talent as mediocre as mine with the feedback I get. I feel like I'm stealing. But that's enough about me. Well, not necessarily. I mean, let me just talk to the guys for a second. Uh, Guys, are you as tired of hearing this from the women in your life as I am? And that is, oh my God, you eat pussy like the best ever. Are you sick of that too? Well, okay. It's not that, well, I know that this, this to me is one of those things that women say. That it's a lot like when guys say something like, oh yeah, no, you have a good golf swing. Or, I really do think you're athletic to women. You you know, I mean, okay. Uh, Can you trust it 100%? No, of course you can't. And, Let me even go a little further here. Let me explain. When when I'm intimate with women, one thing that I do not give a shit about, in fact, really don't even want, because honestly I find it a little demeaning, is a blowjob. And if it's the thing you have to do, because that's your whole point of existence in bed, is to suck some guy off, well, okay, I mean, I will participate, but... It has to be something that you're demanding. Because otherwise, I'm really not that interested. It's not a big turn-on for me. And a lot of times, I don't even come. So, I've, over the course of life, learned that that's part of the whole routine that I'm fine skipping out on. However, I love, 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 love to eat pussy. I just always have. And I'm not, I think, in the majority here. But because that's always been, to me, the place where women are the most um, turned on, well, it's the place where I have put the most attention in trying to figure out what makes women get turned on. And so I have uh, enough confidence that... I don't need for this to be something that is reciprocated. I'm fine giving that pleasure to somebody and then skipping the whole routine. And I mean, 69 and that, okay, whatever. It's fine. But again, I'd rather that there was focus on one things and the experience that's being had there. So because of that, I don't know that I'm getting uh, what I would call the honest to God truth from the people I'm with. Because I got to tell you, there are a lot of women who, when you explain this is kind of what you're all about, are totally on board. (laughs) They have no problem with this. In fact, that's when you finally hear that, yeah, it's not like I won't do it, but to say I love it is a lie. To say I like it Maybe three out of a hundred times, but for the most part, that is just because it's your birthday and it makes you feel good. Those admissions I can relate to because honestly, well, someday I'll tell you my one story about sucking dick, but until then, let's just say that that's the page I'm on. So, I don't know that when I get this compliment that it's coming from anything other than the obligatory, yeah, just let's keep this arrangement going. I don't know that it's something that is legitimately felt. (sighs) So what do I do? Well, one weekend in Vegas, I have an extraordinarily good run. And with the kind of wad of cash that makes you wonder if you should be hiding it in multiple places, I decide for myself that I'm in Sin City, I've always wanted to know one thing, and a professional's opinion is what's necessary here. So, having gotten to know the concierge at the Bellagio Hotel after multiple trips to Vegas in the same frame of time, that, uh, what was his name, uh, Eugenio? I don't even remember now, it was something with an E. Ernesto. No, it wasn't Ernesto. Yes. Yeah, what who who cares? I'll come up with a name. But um I simply asked if those services were only on site and had to be traveled for uh to uh be taken advantage of, or if they were mobile. And he said, Sir, what room are you in and how much did you have in mind? I was like, Well uh Something a thousand or less, and I am in room three seven blankety blank. And I said, I would prefer somebody who uh, is um, wholesome. I don't think I used that word, but I was implying that I was looking for uh, um, <laughs> not, I didn't. I, I didn't want to have sex with this person, but I didn't want to use a dental dam, or I had never used anything ever in the way of protection for this activity. Anyway, I I was really worried that, much like the first prostitute that shows up at Tom Cruise's house in um, Risky Business, that I would get somebody who would then not be the right person, but It turns out that I didn't have to do that. No. The woman who showed up at my door was fucking gorgeous. I mean, stunning. (laughs) To the point that I couldn't really believe that this was who. I just, I was, that part was immediately a okay. And so once I explained to her what I was about and what I wanted to pay her for, She's like, yeah, guys pay for this kind of stuff all the time. It's not normally for that, but certainly I've been paid for that before. And so I asked how much, 300 So I said, there's 400 on the dresser. And uh, I'm going to take a shower and head to the bedroom. Because I was told by her that I needed a shower. <clears throat> and that she would shower after I did. All copacetic, right? So... This experience is all of maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes long. And in no uh, part of it do I ever kiss her. And it starts with a massage. She's like, why don't you just give me a massage and then I'll turn over at some point when I'm feeling more comfortable and you can go from there. So... Uh, after it's over and (laughs) she actually offered, uh, a free fuck if I was interested with a condom and I turned her down. I said, thank you though. That was kind. And as she's getting dressed, I was like, I, uh, I don't assume that you would have faked an orgasm with me she's like oh darling i didn't fake an orgasm i had three and this is the compliment she pays me she says to me in fact i'd say you eat pussy better than i suck cock and i was like well that will work and then she's like no i'll take it even further you eat pussy better than i fuck and to this day I have to say, that is the greatest compliment I have ever received.